Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, it's Jackie Cation And you are listening to The Dork Forest The website's JackieCation.com DorkForest.com TheDorkForest.com if you like a determiner Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and video. Vilmos works on JackieCation.com. And Mike Rickberg uh, sang the song with his wife, Sarah. He composed it, and he will sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening to The Dorks Forest. Here's a scoop. I'm doing stand-up online. A lot of Zoom shows will eventually go back on the road. Sign up for my email list. It's easy to get off. It's harder to get on than it is to get off. And no harm, no foul. If ever bored, JackieCasia.com, sign up for the email list. You'll find out about my weekly Zoom shows and stand up on the road eventually. You may donate to the show if you would like. I would like. Sure, I would. There's PayPal, Jackie at JackieCasia.com, and there is a PayPal button on both ZorkForest.com and JackieCasia.com, and there's Venmo if you like Venmo, Jackie-Cation, oddly enough. If you have listened to all of the shows, Go to dorkforest.bandcamp.com, I think. The Dork Forest has a Bandcamp page. You can listen to a a lot of ones that are free from pre-2000 nine when I started pre-recording and uh, then there's uh, live episodes that cost me a couple of bucks so I charge you a couple of bucks. There's also some stand-up. There's a story uh, album that's very exciting there and um, other than that I have a lot of merch in my garage. Feel free to order if you know anybody who doesn't have any CDs or the DVD and uh, you can follow me everywhere at Jackie Cation. Let's get into the show. Hi, Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room. No, I'm not. I keep saying it. Still in my garage. <laughs> uh, garage with Danielle Koenig. I can't even remember the last time you were on the show. Were you on the I've show? I've never been on the show. That's oh why you God. can't remember. I've uh, never been on the show. Welcome to the 16th year of the Dork <gasps> Forest, Danielle Koenig. It, thank you. Is it really 16 years? Yeah, we have begun. It is September. Holy moly, that's impressive. It's ridiculous. Uh, Jimmy started three months before me. I'm not yeah. better. Anyway, no. uh, Danielle Koenig is a comic writer yeah. and has a podcast called How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I yes. wonder what it's about. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> You're just going to guess. <laughs> no, no, please tell me. Okay. So it's, um, it's me and Christine Kimmel. Uh, we're pals, and she kind of is scared of everything. Like, you know, every kind of natural disaster, any kind of, like, possible thing you could think of. I'm not. My fears are just way different. Oh, um, right. More, Someone running at you with a knife. Yeah. That's, like, her fears. Yeah. Okay. All of her things are like that. Mine are just more, like, internal. But <laughs> so each week we explore how you actually survive something like that. Okay. Um, like a natural disaster or being cyberstalked or something. And and we laugh about it, but we're actually giving you tips on how to survive it. And then we have a guest on, which hopefully you'll be very soon. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to be and you were out of town. So, right. but we're going to reschedule you. But then we have a guest on and we talk about how our guest survives something. And it's usually something much more lighthearted, you know, more of the humiliating kind. Like, <laughs> well, uh, thanks for the like, warning. Yeah, like uh. bombing on stage or... How about falling down pants in public, falling down a flight of stairs and still thinking I was indispensable anyway. Yeah. And then, so we just talk about it and have fun and it's very silly and it premieres not this coming Tuesday, but a week from Tuesday. I believe that's, I hope that's that's the the same day this will drop. Oh, okay. Oh, fantastic. This will come out the same, the very same day. So Rangers, right after you listen to this, you'll say to yourself, how to survive with Dan, (sighs) Danielle and Christine, which is by the way, podcast. How to Survive is the Twitter and yes. Instagram handles. Thank you. So, yeah. So, super yeah, so fun. We're, we're very excited and we have lots of fun guests and everyone has been just terrific so far and uh, we can't wait. But you're going to debut it and then... Yes. Uh, so, you have a bunch in the can, obviously. So. Yeah, we've done five at well, this point. So, we'll have seven by the time be, we... That, that's yeah. respectable. That means Thanks. that you can do it every every week for seven weeks. That's right. And it's, then just uh, give up. 
and then give <laughs> up. Go, That's enough of that shit. Right. Andy, Andy started the, uh, he didn't start it. His buddy Shlomo started it and it's called, uh, ethics and video games. Andy is the video games oh. part of that, but he also has ethics. And that sounds um, really interesting. It is. It's fascinating because Shlomo's yeah. a philosophy professor and oh, wow. uh, yeah. And they both teach at that, um, that tech university, New York film Academy. Oh yeah. I know that. Yeah. I know yeah. that place. And they, uh, and so in the Valley in the Valley. Yeah. And, um, and so they were doing every Monday, I think it was, or maybe every Wednesday. And they've, they've gone to uh, two a month. They've gone to every other. <laughs> and uh, I guess it's intense. Shlomo is a philosophy professor, which means that it, that it, that it, that it. Oh, and, so uh, it's too intense for Andy. He can't take it. Well, I, no, I think it was talking. I think, I think Shlomo was like, this is a lot. Oh, and okay. uh, cause he's also doing us a, a lot of editing with it. It's a great story. Let's use, <laughs> I think the first five minutes of your dork forest talking about something else. Oh, it's Danielle Koenig, you guys, uh, we've known each other since the dawn of man. Yes. And here we are talking about. You helped me out of the um, slime, right? It was Did you. I? Yeah. You gave me the hand out of was the I, uh, primordial slime. The primordial. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think it was, I had, I had a leg first yeah. and then I was like, you should try land. And you were like, oh, interesting. I, know. And, I was uh, a little resistant, but then I was like, yeah, I don't really like being cold. So I'll get out of this right. water. And then all of a sudden Slime. you learned to fly. That's right. And you brought me with you. What? That's right. Uh, here's a scoop. Your <laughs> dorkdom are sitcoms. And they are sitcoms yes. that I don't believe anyone has discussed these sitcoms. Is that true? Because they're that pretty mainstream sitcoms. They're super mainstream. They're older and they're, yeah. um, it rivals. Oh, you don't, yeah, go ahead. You don't have old people on your show. No, uh, I only have old people on oh, my okay. show. I have uh, myself and older. It's one of the prerequisites. No, that's not true. Uh, but the uh, uh, but it was, I think the last sitcom I did was MASH. Yes. And that was with Laura House's um, partner, who's a okay. trumpet player for Oingo Boingo. Yes, which and is awesome. Speaking of the olds, uh, that is yeah. an old band who's got who's still rocking, though. You know, I think that's one band I regret that I never got to see, um, you know, original lineup. I really, really love them. Oh, okay. That, that would have been fantastic. Andy used to go every Halloween. I know. You know, I think I was actually too young. I think my brother did that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then... Or maybe I just wasn't going to concerts at the time. I know initially I was too young, and then I probably just wasn't going to concerts. But boy, I wish I had. It's uh, well, they're going to play, but not the original lineup. I have no idea yeah. what that would be. But it would uh, <laughs> Danny gonna... Elfman on vocals. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. And, yes. uh, <laughs> Do you know who Danny Elfman is? I know his name. He's a musician. He... Yeah. Well, he is the lead singer of Oingo Boingo, but he was also he also composes for a lot of. Tim Burton movies, you would know oh. him from Batman and... Right, um, right. He does a lot of uh, t- t- movies and television. Uh, yeah. He's, he he's... provides the voice for Jack Skellington. Okay. In All A Nightmare right. Before Christmas. Yeah. In, in the, the singing voice, sorry. Not the speaking voice, the singing voice. Oh, interesting that they had yeah. two different voices. I'm in the part of show business that doesn't know anything. Uh, <laughs> I, as... know, I love that about you, though. <laughs> it is. Um, it tickles yeah. me. It's, uh, well, it is kind of funny. It's uh, one of... Uh, one of the listeners of the Dork Forest has has compared me to a um, a California uh, icon, historical icon, uh, Huel Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very who familiar. I think is uh, is the Bob whatever of the Happy Tree of of yeah. PBS not right. getting shit. So I yeah. don't get shit, but that's okay because then it. I can learn all about it. There you go. And I can learn over and over again, like that old Alzheimer's joke uh, that everyone <laughs> makes. Anyway, so, but your first, did you go in order of the ones that you could talk about? I think so. But let me just explain, yes. like, how into sitcoms I was when I was a child, which is, we're talking, like, the 80s. Mm-hmm. My son and I were watching Netflix, I think it is, has a series of, like, documentaries called History of the Sitcom. Oh. And it's, it's really good, and it's done by subject matter. So they had one that was like outsiders or one that was, um, I can't think of the other topics at this point, but right. so they cover a lot of sitcoms and they were, <laughs> this just gives you an, an insight maybe, <laughs> and they were talking about um, like minorities in sitcoms. I don't remember okay. what the subject exactly was. And I was like, well, I can't believe they didn't do AKA Pablo or I Married Dora. Like, how could they not cover those? 
And then I looked them up. I Married Dora was on for like seven episodes. Right. But it took up a place in my brain. <laughs> like that it was, I you have know, never heard of no, either of Of course those. you haven't. Yeah. Well, AKA Pablo was Paul Rodriguez. Okay. That was his sitcom. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was on, I think, a full season. But in my mind, this was like the pantheon of, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And then I Married Dora featured a young Juliet Lewis as one of the daughters. The premise of I Married Dora was a man marries his housekeeper so she can stay in the country. So you know, very 80s. Yeah. Very 80s. And very the woman, 1880s. I, I think uh, Pena. I think her last name is Pena. Maybe Elizabeth Pena was the okay. actress who played Dora. And I don't remember who the I was. Okay. <laughs> um, that is a hell of a premise. The only, I read about a sitcom. That was set in Pilgrim times, and it was supposed to be about the guy who wrote the um, the speech of City on the Hill. Okay, and it was a sitcom about that guy. Guess how many episodes that one lasted? Three, two aired. Two aired. Uh, they made five, I think, and it was it was now, called. When, wh- when was this made? Okay, what was it called? It was also in the eighties. It was uh, oh. the Pilgrims. It was it was called Pilgrim's Progress or something like that. It was literally something amazing. And I have to tell you that that is even beyond my knowledge. I do not know that. It I think Sarah Vowell talked about it in one of her books. Okay. And it was absurd because they were in a one room um they were in a one room <laughs> cabin. Perfect for sitcoms. Right. And the teenage girl would have teenage uh-huh. girl tantrum. Uh-oh. And flounce off to her corner of their one room. <laughs> well, that's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, st- I'm, I'm getting my period and they're calling me a witch. Like that kind of stuff. <laughs> they yeah, are, just the hole. They're just like, there's, there's just like, hey, we're all starving to death. Anyway, uh, I wonder if the Indians will help us. And uh, yeah. Because I think like, U- UPN or one of those in the 90s tried to make a historical sitcom that was about like slave times or something like wildly <sighs> crazy inappropriate Just gave it a shot i mean gave it a shot you know and hey look they got a show on the air so right good for them. <laughs> right exactly somebody paid their insurance for one year good for you yeah and um so that's interesting though that um that your deep dive into sitcoms was so deep that because yeah. you have you've picked like cheers Yes. Cheers was huge. Cheers was huge, and Cheers is my favorite of all time. And Cheers is great. Did you like it through all the years, or did you just like the first uh, No, I three really seasons? did. Okay. No, I really did. I do not pick Diane or Rebecca. I think they are both brilliant in their own way. Okay. And it saddens me so that... Um, the actress? Yeah, the, Christy Alley, who I actually met once when I was a kid, Ooh. is such a nutball because... Um, God, she was just inspired. She was so freaking funny. And it just proves that we could all turn into a grumpy old man unless we have constant well, vigilance. Yeah, I think she's yeah. always sort of had a troubled life. So I think people turn to religion or extreme. Oh, right. Was Isn't she in the clear people? Isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. The Scientology people. Well, okay, yes, yeah. and she's also like, you know, conservative and Trumpy and wacky. Right, right. She's, she's also got, a Scientologist. Yeah. Right, right. She's got oh, she's she's got a she's bingo got, card full of a bunch I was just of gonna crazy. Say, yeah. She's got all all the all the uh, settings at a table. All, <laughs> all right. the servings of a yeah, meal. You want to start with your silverware on the outside, right. work your way in. The wacky, right. And uh, yeah. she might want to go in, work her way out. Right. Because uh, just think about like as I think of Kirstie Alley sometimes, and I am mix her up, not really, but kind of in my head. <laughs> And you're like, who? Who is it? I can't wait. I can't um, wait. Who do you mix her up with? Third Rock from the Sun, Johnson. Kristen Johnson. Kristen Johnson. Is that her name, Kristen? Yeah, I think it's Kristen. It's is it just because of the name? Kristen. It might be. It might be. I think it's Kristen. But Kristen Johnson yeah. is sane. Kristen Johnson is. She awesome. seems lovely, actually. Yeah, she I didn't, seems. That's one show I actually didn't watch, but I. Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, I've seen it, but it wasn't really my bag. It was so wackadoodle and over well, the top. What did you like about Cheers? Because Cheers is, is, it doesn't have that I'm locked in a in a freezer kind of situation, which I totally appreciate, you know? Like it was That's more funny. interesting written. Yeah, well, just to inter- interrupt my own train of thought for a second, when I was doing stand-up, I had a joke where I was going to pitch a show 
an anthology series called Locked in a Freezer, <laughs> where every episode two new people got locked in a freezer and they had to make their way out. But two totally different people had nothing to do. <laughs> no history, no chemistry, no. No. no reason why you were like, well, no maybe they'll live there the forever and make snowballs and babies. Yes. Uh, so I, you know, I was actually, you know, pretty young when Cheers came out, but I somehow related to it, even though it was, you know, a bunch of adults drinking and being adults and having they lots of sexual so, tension. So, so drinking. So much so drink, drinking. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and the lead character is a recovering alcoholic who owns a bar. Right, right. Sam who, Malone. Right, who has so, a bottle cap. I just think the bottle cap, yeah. Yeah, I just saw that episode recently. That's funny. Um, I just, the writing was so amazing to me. I was just always attracted to the writing and like, even if I didn't get a joke because it was a reference, it did lots of highbrow references. So even if I didn't get a joke that was some reference, I was still appreciative that like, wow, they're like, they're talking about Wagner on Cheers, like just all these weird things. And then very silly stuff, which is really what I like. I like very silly and I like sophisticated wordplay. So, well, you know. And, and, and the interesting thing is, is silly smart is its own genre. So. Yeah, oh, I totally agree. Yeah. And, um, and they, and they could, they could make it dumb. They could make it heartfelt. They could make it yeah. super dumb. They could make it super <laughs> smart. Right. Because they had both, um, who was the waitress that wasn't Diane? Carla. Carla. They had Carla. Yeah. If, if it, you wanted to get aggressive. Right. And, uh, aggressively stupid, you know, her, her ex-husband could show up. Yes. Um, Dan Hedaya. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> or <laughs> who I did you, a sitcom with. Oh, did you? Yeah, Which, I did a pilot with Dan Hedaya and yeah. Joy Behar when I was a teenager. Oh wow. Called The Rock. Not Rock, but The Rock. And it was supposed to be about a junior high in New York. And oh I okay. Played, I played a pregnant junior high student. Excellent. Was but it, it didn't go it didn't go past the pilot, so that was a bummer. Right. But again, checks were cashed. Yeah. And uh, so that's the good news, really. I mean, that I I do believe that success in show business is incremental. It's sort of like civilization itself. Mm. Uh, it can move very, very slowly in some cases. <laughs> I'm <laughs> and, proof uh, of that. Holy <laughs> shit. Talk to me. And uh, <laughs> But the good news is we both get to do the work anyway. Yeah. And, uh, and we live indoors. So You know what? Preach. Amen. Breach. Yep. And so, but what the premise of Cheers, yes. just just to clear it up for anybody who might be under the age of 100, right. here, uh, what is it? So the premise of Cheers is that Sam Malone, who is a former relief pitcher for the uh, Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, right. owns, in, in, an, in an alcoholic binge, lost, or won a bar, won the bar in a bet. I think that's, I think that's the pre- uh the the back story. Okay. And so he owns a bar, but he's a recovering alcoholic, so he never drinks. Right. Um, that does come up occasionally in big ways, but mostly it's just the background. And one day in the pilot, Diane Chambers, a graduate student, a snooty, white, prissy graduate student, comes in and her fiancé dumps her. And... She's sort of there, like, drinking her wine spritzer or whatever they did in the 80s. And um, Sam can't remember an order or someone can't remember an order. And she she relays back the entire order with all the specifics because she's so good at memorizing because of all the studying she does as a graduate student. That she is always seemed ha- too old to me to be a graduate student, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that was so actually sort of the premise was that she just was, like, a professional student. Oh, like, she okay. never – she, like – so anyway, she ends up – taking a job at the bar and sexual tension and history ensue. <laughs> and sure. it's the best chemistry on any TV show. I promise you <laughs> that you will ever see. I really believe so. Okay. So they, uh, they have sexual chemistry. Yes. And tension. tension. There's tension. tension. It was where the whole will they, won't they started. I believe that's the whole was the, many, one of the first ones. Yeah. That many TV shows followed after, but it was a huge thing. Like, you know, will they, won't they? And then when they did, will they get back together? You know, that kind of thing. Oh, right, on. right. And so the other characters, there is Norm. Yeah, who's the resident barfly. Right. And his buddy, Cliff. 
Right. So Norm is a an accountant who is often out of work. Right. He was supposed to have one word in the pilot, and that was supposed to be it. He was just supposed really? to say beer. Yeah. They made him a they made him a regular. Cliff, who is the I read this when I was reading up on it, but I think I already knew this. <laughs> just for the record, I think I already knew this. <laughs> she already knew but, this, you guys. Uh, John Ratzenberger, who plays Cliff, auditioned for Norm. And okay. apparently in the casting, he said something to the effect of, oh, are you going to have a resident know-it-all? Because I guess that's a staple of bars. Right, so right. So he eventually created that character for him. So okay. he becomes the resident, and the only one with a Boston accent, by the way. Um, oh, okay. And he's a mailman, but he uh, he just, I never was sure if his if his trivia is correct or incorrect. I think they played it both ways. Oh, really? But I think so. I'm not positive. That'd be funny if they, if, if you couldn't count on it. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. You know about the, the Jeopardy episode, right? Which I reference in my head constantly. No. So there's an episode where Cliff goes on Jeopardy. And I don't remember, I should have looked it up. I don't remember the exact question, but the question is something about like, what do these three people have in common? Obviously, it's, that's not it, but it's, you know, with these three historical figures or something, what links them? And Cliff's answer is, who are three people who have never been in my living room? Which okay. is correct. Sure. So there's a big controversy because he did answer it correct, and they end up giving him something as a consolation prize. But I have gone on uh, to write on lots of game shows. Right. So whenever I see something that's not, as we say, pinned, meaning there could be more than one answer, okay. I say it's like a Cliff Clavin, like a, who are these oh. people who have never been in my living room. Right, right. So, so that's my great story. <laughs> that is, uh, but that's fascinating because uh, I don't remember that episode with Cliff. I remember, but I remember him um, actualing everything. You know, he yes. would just be like, just re- re- correcting and 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 coming up with a fun fact about different things. And then everyone and, sighs and rolls their eyes because it's right, so right, annoying. Right. Yeah. And then Frasier came in. Right. So Frasier comes in. Is Carla there when Diane starts, by the way? So Carla was there the entire time. Okay. Sam was there the entire time. It started with Coach as oh, the assistant Coach. bartender. Coach was... Um, was Ted Danson, was was Sam Malone's coach in baseball. And he's like a little senile. The implication is he's been hit in the head too many times. Right, right. With a ball. But he's so, so funny. He was so sweet and so wonderful and so funny. And it, it was reminds like, me of Eddie at the improv. Um, oh, I don't know Eddie at the improv. He's a bartender. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember Eddie. Okay, yeah. yeah. So has Eddie been hit in the head too many times? No, except for Eddie. Eddie has a more of a grumpy angle, but he looks just oh. like him because everybody eventually kind of looks like Coach. That's true. As you get older, anyway. Yeah. So he died in between like season three and four or something. So they bring on Woody Harrelson. That was Woody Harrelson's first break. He plays Woody, who's also you know what's um, the thing that's so impressive to be about the show. Well, one of the things is that it's like oh he's the dumb character. Yeah. But like. Up until then, I feel like every dumb character was the same on TV, but both Coach and Woody were so, like, unique in their dumbness. Like, they weren't just airheads. They were, like, sweet and interesting and layered and weren't just like, oh, this guy's dumb. Like, that doesn't sum up his whole thing. Right, right. It's sort of like a, a, a more of a, a, it's Gomer Pyle with another layer. Right. Right? So If you can imagine. Right. And Gomer Pyle occasionally would have, you know, there'd be wisdom. There would be old yeah. country, you know, sort yeah. of like the guy on 30 Rock, the blonde guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brayer. And uh, yeah. sure. And, um, <laughs> you know, that actor. And but um, but yeah, so Woody. So, OK, so. I think that um, Carla had a crush on Sam. It does come out a couple of times. Like she'll say like. Did you ever think about us mm-hmm. or something? And he said something very sweet, like, of course I have, but, you know, it would just ruin our friendship or something. Because he's this, like, womanizer stud who probably would not be with Carla, who's eternally pregnant and eternally single and eternally raising a million kids and is very gr- gruff. Right, right, right. So, um, Yeah. So now it kind of now I kind of want to watch those first episodes of. So when does Fraser get introduced? Introduced? I think Fraser is like maybe 
Well, if uh, I think Diane was on for four seasons, so I, I guess it was the third season. Okay. Hit, um, f- um, Kelsey Grammer's line used to be like, I was supposed to be on for six weeks and I ended up being on for six years. And okay. that was that was before the spin Frasier. Frasier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Frasier comes in and eventually become I think he's he's Diane's love interest mm-hmm. to sort of after after she and Sam have broken up. So Frasier comes in, he's equally snobby, equally erudite, you know. Um he was actually he was hysterical, he was wonderful. Yeah. And then Lilith Lilith comes on and Lilith and Frasier become a couple and yeah. so it's a whole thing. But the great thing about the show is just like it's all these without anyone being of color, mm-hmm. it's all these um different uh People it's, of different social stratus. Status. Yeah, the, yeah, they they do it. They do sort of a, a very white Boston social strata thing instead yes. of any sort of racial or sexual thing. It's just it's all just sort of yeah. education levels. Rather. Yes, yes. Yeah. And they'll have like a famous person, like, t- um, uh, what's his name? Uh, he was the speaker of the house, Tipper. Um, Tipper Gore. No, not Tipper Gore. That's Al Gore's wife. No, oh, right. um, uh, t- <laughs> uh, t- Tip O'Neill, Tip O'Neill. Tip O'Neill, okay. Like he's on an episode. Like he just comes in and he's playing himself as Tip O'Neill and they're all like, you know, they just go crazy because it's a famous person. So, right. you know, or maybe they didn't go crazy, but it's just fun to see the different juxtapositions and mm-hmm. of the, of the that, stuff. Um, yeah. So what are your favorite episodes? I like, because. They're, well, the episode where Diane and Sam first kiss is, I mean, it really got me as a kid, and it still gets me. It is <laughs> fabulous. And I have to say, the probably the longest-lasting um, effect the show had on me was that I mistakenly thought that I was Diane Chambers and that I was going to find a Sam Malone. And I think I kept sort of, like, dating or being attracted to people who were like, sure, on the surface, they're dumb and womanizers, but deep down, they're sweet and wonderful. <laughs> Isn't that what I'm going to marry? Right, right. It was, so, um, yeah. It turns out you hit bottom pretty quick with those gentlemen. Yes, yes. Um, but, um, but then another fantastic episode is Kirstie Alley uh, character comes on and she's very, um, Rebecca, she comes on and she's like this high-powered businesswoman because the, the bar has been sold to a corporation. Right, but as it, as the show went on, the character devolved or evolved, depending on how you're looking at it, into like an insecure mess. This like, and she was so fucking funny in that way. And so there's just an episode where she's just such a mess, and she she's I don't know if this is the same episode. There's some episode where she's smoking, and she said she would quit smoking, so she pops the cigarette into her mouth, and it's hilarious. I don't know <laughs> if that's the same episode. But anyway, there's an episode where she's just a mess and like Sam had been hitting on her this whole time and he's just like, you need to like get a shower. Like she's just because she's like sobbing and she's just constantly going after wealthy men. Right, right, right. She wants to. to Right, because she wants to get out. She's been punished, I think, by giving the management of this this bar. This bar with these tacky people. Yeah. Yes. And um and so she's constantly trying to get out of it. And she's like, no, this is a fancy event that I'm going to. And, right. you know, this yeah. guy owns his own plane or. Exactly. Like, some of that, right? Yeah, there were a couple of those, yeah. That's awesome. She was and, so funny. God. There and then were, there's an episode yep. where, I'm just thinking of episodes off the top of my head, but there's Please an episode do. where there's a bar, Boston's Best Barmaid contest or something. And Diane <laughs> is, thinks it's, you know, anti-feminist and you know disgusting and 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 then of course she ends up they submit her into right. the contest and she ends up winning and then she like gives a speech about how it's degrading or something and it's just it's just wonderful because they just pack all of the you know right were were there always was there always a b plot was there always uh, a secondary boy, i feel like in really... those sitcoms in the 80s usually had an a plot and then something else Yes, I think plot might be kind of overstating it. For one thing, the show mostly took place in the bar. Right. And then there was a back room, the pool room, and there was a an office. And the office. But 
in the whole first season, they know they don't ever leave the bar. They don't go to an other location. So the majority of the plot takes place. So there would be a B plot, but it would be something small. Like there's one time where um, Frasier is reading all the barflies, um, Charles Dickens novels. Um, and they think it's boring, but then he makes it really scary and spooky. And I think he adds his own stuff or something. And so I remember yeah. that being a B plot of just like, Right. Begging him to read more Charles Dickens. Yeah. So stuff like and, that. And I think, um, is there a phone booth too? Because I feel like there's mm, was an episode there, where Norm is yes. talking to his wife in, his, in, in the phone booth. There is a phone on the wall in the hallway. Okay. And we never see Vera, his wife. We never always, see Vera? Right. Yeah. It's one of those. It's one of those. It's, yeah. um, and you know what? We, I did an episode of The Dork Forest about Frasier. So, so that was so one of the someone last. Someone is obsessed with Frasier. So someone once told me that they think Frasier is better than Cheers, and I thought, well, I don't have any more to say to you. Like I, I don't even <laughs> understand. I right. Well, I mean, I thought that the writing on Frasier was good, and yeah. my problem with a lot of sitcoms is always when it gets mean just for the point, the purpose yes. of being mean. Where you're like, well, that just write a joke. Uh, right. It's on. It's on. And. And I, that's why usually the first three seasons are super fun. Right. And and why nobody cared about my Seinfeld spec, um, which is. <laughs> <laughs> when did you write it? At the time oh, or recently? Uh, I think uh, 99, 98. Oh, okay. That would have been the right time, I think. So you you wrote. Oh, you're joking. You didn't really no, write no. a Seinfeld spec where they're I nice. I did. You I did. did. <laughs> it was. It was dumb. It was when I thought I might have wanted get, to be a writer. Do they all fall down and set a flight of stairs and have their memory blanked out on who they are? No. Uh, uh, George is taking a bus and the bus driver has a giant belt buckle. Uh -huh. And he makes a comment about the belt buckle and the bus driver is mad at him and kicks him off the bus. Okay. So George spends the entire episode trying to make it okay that he, and he keeps buying larger and larger belt buckles to wear. So it was a sight gag, kind of. Okay. And no, that actually makes sense because... it's That's what George would do. Yes, And I, I can't remember the other plot because I knew that there were two plots. Well, not sure so there was long like three ago. plots. Yeah, yeah there were, I think there was always a C plot too, right? Because there were the so. three of them. Four, well, with Kramer. Four. Um, and yeah, I think that there was... There might have been a Julia Louis-Dreyfus plot with it. But I just... I... I I wrote that, and I think a year or two earlier, I wrote a Spin City. And I wrote uh, a Spin City. Did you write a Spin City? Yes. In fact, I was I joked that like every time I tr attempted something, something horrible would happen because I wrote a news radio, and then Phil Hartman died. I wrote a Spin City, and then Michael J. Fox comes out with the fact that he has. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he already had it, but or yeah. It's... But see, I'm such a, a a Cheers freak that when when Fraser started. And it was him and his dad. I'm like, his dad is dead. They've already established that on an episode of Cheers. <laughs> oh, so it drove me insane. His mother was alive. His mother wasn't dead. Oh. So because there's an episode where his mother comes on and she is so mean to Diane. She like says all these horrible things behind her back and then acts who like played her, who played her. His mom, do you um, remember? I believe because I just because it's usually this. a casting. I think it was Glennis. I think it was Glennis Johns. Okay, who you might know as the mother in um, Mary Poppins, British actress. Oh, okay, yeah, um, who's delightful. Yeah, I think it was her. And um, it, if and if it wasn't her, she was on a different episode. Okay, but um, anyway, so so already I was on my heels with Fraser. I was like, mm -mm. <laughs> and then I don't know. I just felt like him and his brother are the same character and. I don't know. I just, I, I certainly watched it enough to remember it. I just don't, I never had the warmth that I had for Cheers at right, all. Right, right. Yeah. Was there at, at any point, because sitcoms do this, where they, they, they get harder to watch, uh -huh. and then they can regroup and just become great again. And sometimes they introduce sort of an Oliver character. Yes. Or, um, or they travel somewhere. They go to London yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Um, it doesn't usually work that well. No, it's usually I, I I don't know, but it's they're just trying to shake things up. I know. <laughs> I get Although, it. Although we're watching I don't know how much British TV you watch, but we've been watching a lot of British game shows and and also the sitcom um Man Down with Greg Davies. I don't know if you know that show, but No. Is it good? Um it's very funny. It's very silly. 
Like, it's very, very silly. Okay. And I think it's getting better as we're watching it. Like, it's oh. it's old now, but I mean, I think it's getting what, what better. What streaming services it oh, on? Oh, I think, oh God, my I son always I can just Google the words man it. down yeah. man and down. streaming. Yeah, I, it might be YouTube because we watch the um, we watch the game shows. Uh, Would I lie to you on uh, on YouTube, which is a British show. Which is apparently, by the way, there are ten funny people in England, and that's it because they're all on these shows, and they just and Taskmaster all, and Taskmaster. Well, we that's how this all started. It all started with Taskmaster. We became oh, so he's the host of Taskmaster, Greg Davies. Oh, he's okay. the lead in this sitcom. Oh, Man okay. Down. I was told about Taskmaster by a comic book writer by the name of Matt Fraction. He okay. was like, are you watching Taskmaster? Uh-huh. And Matt Fraction is famous comic okay. book writer. Like he's written you. movies and stuff. And But wow. the thing is, is, and he is married to Kelly Sue DeConnick, who wrote uh, Captain Marvel. Oh my God. And uh, so they are, they're great. Power but couple. Anyway, so he said, "Have you, are you watching Taskmaster? And uh-huh. it's British. And I said, there's a, there's a Taskmaster Show because Taskmaster is a bad guy in the Marvel universe. Oh, that's right. I've heard and that. And he was, uh, and Matt Fraction, in my mind, famously said to me, and this was probably a month ago, and six weeks ago, he goes, Oh, I wish there was a Taskmaster TV show. And uh, it'd be so great if it were British. Oh, that's so um, funny. But the sitcom that I have, uh, that my favorite sitcom that has sort of reintroduced me to sitcoms again is Ghosts. Plural, British, HBO Max. Oh, so... It's an improv end. troupe. Oh, it is? Yeah. They're all, the, the entire cast is one improv troupe. Okay, because on, during the Emmys, they kept advertising this American show called Ghosts. And I tweeted something snarky about it because it looked terrible. And a friend of mine said, oh, is that an American version of the British sh- show? So he seemed... Uh, she, sorry, I was trying to remember who it was. She seemed to think that it was indeed a remake of this show. So I will check out the, the British Would show. Would not be surprised if they tried to remake it. Would okay. not be surprised if they it failed. It did work. Yeah. Horribly. Well, they uh, tried be- to remake Taskmaster here and it failed. Right. Because I don't think anyone told no. uh, Reggie Watts that he wasn't supposed to genuinely be mean. Oh, uh, I, I never saw it. I can't bring myself yeah. to watch it. Well, he's, he's genuinely mean. Yeah, he. I think they. They. I think he's genuinely ball busting so hard oh. that it gets mean, and you're like, no, no, that guy's not serious. No, and uh, at so, all. Yeah, and, and also it's the humor. I mean, not to sound like a dumb American, but the humor is so British <laughs> that they they can just say things and they all laugh. Like it's not harsh. Right, it all comes right. out very. Funny, yeah, right. and they swear, and they say the most like vulgar things in the most passive way, and the audience does an ooh every time they say a bad word, right? Which right. I love. It's just mm-hmm. so, it's just They're so just like, normal. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, ghosts. Uh, it's but it's specifically the kind of sitcom that gets better. Like oh, the that's third right. episode okay. is when I fell in love with it. Okay, because see, I tend to give up. Like we try to my when I say we, my son and I try to watch. What we do in the shadows? Oh, I uh, tried to watch that too. It didn't take. Yes, it didn't take. And I love all I those feel people. Because those people are really funny and yes. people love it so. And I couldn't understand. I'm like, maybe I need to give it another try because it seems like it should be up my alley. It should be right up all of our alleys because yes. it's silly and smart and weird. But so, maybe it takes six episodes. Maybe. So the woman in that is in another hilarious British sitcom I have to tell you about called Staff. Let's flats. How do you spell that? Staff is like S-T-A-T-H. Okay. And he lets flats, meaning he Rents leases apartments. apartments. Right. Okay. And it is, there's only two seasons, of course, because it's British. And there's only like five episodes a season or something. <laughs> but it's so fucking funny. And his, her, her brother created it and they play brother and sister on the show. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and it's, freaking amazing it's so funny and so so i will have to uh yeah google staff let's let's flats. Flats. yeah because i don't remember what it's streaming on. as well ghost is on hbo max and it's about oh, okay. a couple who inherits a mansion out in the english countryside yes and um there are ghosts that have been there since neanderthal times so there's okay it's uh, the same like, show then it's six ghosts and 
the Neanderthal is hilarious. The member of parliament from the 80s without his pants is hilarious. The Boy Scout uh, troop leader with an arrow through his neck is hilarious. <laughs> the lady of the house is hilarious. I mean, it's there's a Regency poet. Uh, these things are awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the same show. That's exactly what this yeah. new show is. And, and right. it is smart and funny and silly and heartfelt. And in the basement... It's full of ghosts who were all died and buried in an unmarked grave from a plague. Okay. <laughs> so they just pop up every once in a while? They have to go to the basement occasionally. And okay. and the um and the the wife of the couple that she hits her head and then can see the ghosts. Right. That's in and the commercial for this new the, one. And yeah. that's the conceit, right? Right. And and when it happens, you're just like, oh, I see. And right. then the next episode you're like, oh, I'm so on board. Okay. Yeah. So that's good to know because, yeah, it, just just the premise of it from the commercial of the American one. I'm not saying it's the same, yeah. but I was just like, oh god. <laughs> right. So take so give it you and your young man give it uh, yes. three episodes. Yes. Okay. Because they're only a half an hour each as well. Yeah. We prom. Oh. So that's yeah. the good news there. Okay. And uh, so, um, what we have left here is about twenty minutes. Okay. Should we continue to just talk sitcoms in general? Or just favorite you, cheers. Whatever you, you want. Any, any more cheers talk? Any more? Um, was there any? I don't know if anything specific. Yeah. No. I, because it's so funny the way the characters change, like over MASH, the way the Alan yeah. Alda character just becomes so much more serious. Well, because he's so lascivious, right? And then he becomes like the conscious of America. Right, right, right. Though, of course, we went through many MASH episodes and we came to the conclusion that MASH was dealing with violence and and uh-huh. um, and war. Didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of time for sexism and racism. Uh, so had some time for sexism. I was going to say. Almost no time for racism. Just okay. two or three episodes where they yeah. uh, cast Filipinos as Koreans. Right. And, uh, or Which whoever was probably was hanging around. considered progressive at the time. <laughs> yes. That it wasn't an American. Right, just all right. It wasn't Ricardo Montalban. Right, right, (laughs) right, or Mickey Rooney. Um, yeah. Well, I used to have a joke in I used to have a joke in my act where I said, um, there's that one episode of Mash where it's intolerably hot, and then there's another episode of Mash where it's intolerably cold, and then the rest of the episodes are just intolerable. (laughs) I love Mash, but I also. I have a sort of hate level with it, but I, I mean, I really did like it, but it didn't need to be that long for one thing. Can you hear my neighbor's gardener? Or yes. No? Okay. Yeah. Turns out I'm going to take a small break right here. Okay. And, uh, and close this door. Okay. Are we pausing? Should I stop the thing? Well, it's better. Let's just say that. It'll be slightly better. Okay. And uh, and maybe Patrick Brady could take a sound profile of that noise and then remove it from the rest of the show. Is that a thing? Uh, that? that is a thing. And Patrick Brady, Brady uh, the guy who does the audio, uh, is a genius. So oh. uh, he's been doing it for, I would say, 13 years. He's been working on the audio That's for impressive. the forest. Right. The first three years were essentially a, a conference call. So um, oh, okay. there was no audio to be done. Right. And then Patrick Brady heard an episode when I first started pre-recording and he said, hey, I'm a fan. This sounds horrible. Can I help? <laughs> and I said, I don't have any money. And then later I got some money. So oh, uh, nice. there is some money uh, in exchange of even though he's he's married now. I assume every January he's just going to go, we're going to have kids. I have a real job. I make uh, a lot of money. Why am I still doing this? But right. he does it every January so That's far. Nice. Let us knock on wood. Um, That's when your season starts. Uh, January. Well, Ed, that's when I pay him for the year. I pay him for the year, and I started paying him for the year so that he oh. could throw it at a credit card because it wasn't that's that really much smart. Money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was like, "You're 25. You probably have credit card debt. If I gave you a the whole bet. lump sum, right, you could throw it at a credit card and not oh. have interest. So that's really nice of you." Well, it wasn't a lot of money. It wasn't enough. I didn't feel like $12 I, I was, at a time is not really. I wasn't. 
<laughs> buck an episode or buck a month, <laughs> quarter an episode. No, mm. it's I think the going rate at the time was I think 50. I think it's 50 bucks an episode. So I forget. Uh, hey, Rangers, some dork forest transparency right here Ooh. in the middle of the show. I like that you call your fans Rangers. They're Rangers like, of the dork forest. I get that. I like yeah. it's like it's like, you know, um, Gwen Stefani with her lambs or. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Her- the Jackie and Laurie show, we haven't picked uh, mm. people who like assholes is uh, is what uh, Laurie would say that we should call those people, people who like assholes. Fans. Yes, because Laurie and I are the assholes in question. Oh, our, our, well, uh, yeah, maybe they because it's all about stand up. Maybe they should be called the hecklers. Oh, they could be called hecklers, except for you hate to encourage it. It's well, uh, we could call yeah. the we could call them bookers and then maybe get some work. Hey, there you go. <laughs> and then shit on those people when you get on the show. <laughs> it sounds like an air raid is going on at your house. Well, right. here's the right. thing is about the, Van Nuys in 2021. Is yeah. do you remember Hanoi in 1974? <laughs> well. There's some I've comparisons. Heard yes. You've, you've heard tell. This is Van Nuys is right now a great place to learn how to fly a helicopter. Yeah. And um, you know, the but, Civil War, it's we're real close to it here. We're real close to it. Oh. Uh, I grew up in North Hollywood, which is for those outside of the city, is very, very close to Van Nuys. And um, so I'm quite used to helicopters. And and where we live now, there's constantly helicopters as well. So it's we live in between a hospital. Van Nuys Airport, Burbank Airport, another hospital, and a police department. Oh, my God. So it's so, just constant sirens? Constant uh, helicopters and sirens. And um, I don't know. It's uh, You get kind of used to it. And you get kind of, yeah. uh, uh, except for occasionally, you're just like, what's happening? I know. Like, <laughs> when the cops are going a little too low. I know. And, and nobody's ever... Nobody. The one time they were looking for a guy in my neighborhood, and so I wasn't allowed to drive in off of Van Nuys Boulevard. Mm-hmm. They're like, the neighborhoods, we're going house to house right now. And I was like, oh, yeah, uh, I got a pot roast in the oven if you could. It's low and slow, but if you could. <laughs> I just was going to, <laughs> I was just going to go uh, to the grocery real fast, and now I'm not going to be. When do you think this will be done? Oh He's like, well, God. we have to catch the guy. And I was like, all right. Try I know, not we've to ha- kill we him. actually, a few weeks ago, went outside because we're like, okay, this is more than normal. And then, you know, it was just, the helicopter was extremely close. So mm-hmm. what are you going to do? I don't know. What are you going to do? Living. City, city living. City living. That's what you do. You live in a city. Yeah. Uh, you got to you gotta be aware. So, um, and now the dog's doing something weird. We have a dog. <laughs> anyway. Is the dog new? The dog is a COVID dog. We got a we got him on Valentine's uh, Day, oh. uh, right around Valentine's Week, twenty twenty one, and um, so we've had him for eight or nine months. His name is Gordy, and he is an eight year old Chihuahua mix because we I had see a him? choice between Chihuahuas and uh, pit bull mixes. And I would like to be able to win a fight with a dog. <laughs> I am going to fight a dog. Can I pick you up? Cuffs. Gordy, can I pick you up? Oh, oh hi, hello, Gordy. Gordy. How's it going, buddy? Oh, how's it going? You're a good doggo. So, oh, my you're goodness. Just on your head. So He's sweet. got a little bean head that likes to be rubbed. Oh. And then he likes a chin that he likes a chin rub. And then it turns out he doesn't like me at all. What? Oh. It was my greatest fear was that the dog wouldn't like me. And of course and he loves you. Look everyone said, will you have treats? He will like you. <laughs> he is a dog. Yes. And they're simple, but wonderful. He's a simple and wonderful animal. Anyway. Uh, well, I'll tell you a little story really quick. Please. Because one of the other shows we were possibly going to talk about was Family Ties. Right. And um, again, I was the same age that came out at the same year. And I was obsessed also with Family Ties and Michael J. Fox and, and the whole thing. And Michael Gross. What year did that come out? 82, I think. Okay. So, um, and it last, you know, it was on for quite a, quite a long time. Seven and a half seasons or something. Wow. So um, for those in your audience who might find this interesting, uh, my dad <laughs> my dad was on Star Trek, yes. the original Star Trek. He played Chekhov. And his name is Walter Koenig. His name and is Walter I got Koenig. to meet him one time, and it was very exciting. <laughs> I've met him several times since. But that first time sticks in my mind because I was so nervous, and I could not make was eye contact. Was that at our wedding? No, it was at a stand-up show uh. that somebody went up and called him out in the audience. 
Oh. And and you you came over to me, and you will not remember this. I will always remember this. Uh, we were in the basement of Luna, maybe? Whatever. Uh-huh. It was where Uncabaret used to be. Mm-hmm. And so you came over to me and said, I can't believe she did that. I'm not introducing her to him, but I know that you'll want to meet him, and Aww. I'm going to introduce you. And so Aww. I met him very much. I was very stiff, and I said, I enjoy your work. Aww. And then he made eye contact with me very briefly and then kept moving. And I did not doubt. He was very nice. Oh, well, yeah, he's, you know, like anyone, he's got his moments, but he's (laughs) generally very nice. He is your father. So all of that just to say that I ended up, and it actually wasn't because of him, believe it or not, but I ended up being an intern on Voyager. Okay. It actually had nothing to do with my dad. It was a totally separate thing. But I just felt like, I guess I felt like I should make a disclaimer of that. I don't know. Basically, the only nepotism I've ever received was that my dad got me a job working in a comic book store on Ventura Boulevard. <laughs> that was literally the sum total. That and was I, him using his power. And he had to because I didn't know anything about comic books. I would just right. sit there reading the Far Side cartoon and then people would ask me, where's such and such? And I would just point. Right. Because I didn't know anything. Right. Um, Good luck. It might be over there. I know. I know. Yeah. And now it's my son's. That's what he wants his first job to be. He wants to work in a comic book store. Oh, but cool. he'll, he'll actually know stuff. So I was working on Voyager and um, it's like a writer's intern, I guess. Okay. And yeah, I get that's That's what I was. And um, it was at Paramount. And one day I found this <gasps> on <gasps> the desk. Is it, oh. is it backwards? Because I'm. No, I can okay. see it. So and let me tell you something. family ties cup. Yes. Mug. I sense that there might have been some crime. There was 100% crime. <laughs> I've never. I mean, as a kid, Daniel I once. Koenig is not a crime no. person. Yes. I once like stole a pack of gum in a supermarket when I was a kid just to see if I could do it. But this right. was like, I was like, I know. And this is how people justify crime, I guess. Yes. But I was like, I know that I will appreciate this more than <laughs> anyone else will ever appreciate this. It was oh just God. sitting there, like left over. Rocket and I was raccoon, like, Danielle Koenig. <laughs> um, so, uh, but what if I want it more than someone else? Uh, I, I mean, yes. maybe I wouldn't do it today, but That's, uh, it sits but on now my desk you own it. and it makes and it, me happy. It give, brings you joy. Yeah. Here's it's the thing. Like it's so weird that that came out in 1982, but it kind of makes sense. My brother, Russ, has always wanted to be Alex P. Keaton. Okay. And in 1982, you have to know that he was probably 22 years old. Well, but probably he, so was Michael J. Fox, if we're right. going to be honest. So they related, he related to that character mm. to, to such a huge extent. Okay. Um, because, and it wasn't like our parents were hippies, even right. though Nancy Cation did one time, this is my, my favorite story that I remembered about a year ago. She got to see Malcolm X speak. Oh my God. Um, yeah, by accident, she went to a dance, uh, a, a biracial dance in the 60s wow. that she could not tell her parents she was going to. Okay. But it was just a trick to get the, the, the kids in Milwaukee to come and hear Malcolm X. It was more than a trick. There was a dance. Uh, but okay. he also spoke there. And she wow. got to hear him speak. And, um, and she said it was amazing. And then there was a dance that she really enjoyed. <sighs> Just a few months ago, I read not his autobiography, but a biography of him. Oh, that's neat. Because I realized I really didn't know anything about him. Right. Before I like saw the movie, which I, I still will see. I've, I've never seen it. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just oh, have it. Denzel? Yeah. And I've heard yeah. it's wonderful. I just kind of wanted to get like a, you know, like a subjective. Did you ever read the Alex or the Haley? The Haley of That's what I'm saying. I have not. I actually have not. But they talk about it in this book, and they actually talk about sometimes where they got things wrong. Oh, because okay. maybe he wanted wanted to present it a certain way, and it kind of wasn't. But he did a lot of um, traveling and going to other cities. So that so that's probably what that was. A lot of yeah. He for went to the Milwaukee. Nation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Nation of Islam, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I read that book in college and then I saw the movie and I, of course, liked the book better, Right. but, uh, but Denzel <laughs> Washington, very handsome, uh, yes. always so. And, yeah. um, but I liked my favorite and part so of was the, Malcolm X, Malcolm X also very oh handsome. Oh my God. 
One of the craziest stories in the autobiography by Alex Haley is that he was once a busboy mm. with Red mm-hmm. Fox. They both worked at the same restaurant. Okay, and that Red is Fox not in this book. That's was called Red Fox. Right. And not uh, was Malcolm called Red. X was also a, a was also nicknamed Red. Yeah. And they had to figure out uh, what to call him. Oh, like, that's I, they so- might have called him Little Red. I forget what it was, but it was in the autobiography what they called it. That's so funny. I don't think that's I mean, the fact that they called him Red is definitely in the book. He had mm-hmm. red hair um, and sort of like a lighter complexion. Um, right. It was which the, sort well, of goes into was, the whole psychology. Yeah, it was described in in a in a small in part of a chapter that explained to Whitey Magoo's. Yeah. What different shade skin shades yeah. are within the black community. Right. And um, and it was fascinating because every time uh there's every time there's some huge reveal when I realized that the fishbowl of white, you know, supremacy that I was raised in right. with institutionalized racism. Right. It's always fun to get a new fun fact to go, oh shit, you man. It is. Okay. So what did your mom say about She said the it was speech. great and that she really liked the dance. Oh. There wasn't enough. There wasn't enough about Malcolm X, quite honestly. She also had a very uh a, a very nineteen sixties and seventies uh liberal attitude towards uh towards racism that mm-hmm. where remember and this is this was one of the they they were trying we were all told in the seventies that mm-hmm. everybody old was racist and they would eventually die off and then right. there would be no more racism. Right. Little did we realize yeah. that there were guys at bat. Just warming up. No kidding. Donuts. Just 35-year-olds yep. waiting for their chance to be fuckwits. And, um, but the, what we were sold at Sesame Street was that the definition of racism was judging someone by their color. Right. As opposed to the institutionalized racism right. of things not being available and right. and, and just is, judgments yeah. and, you know, thinking that someone might not have ambition because they were a black man. Yes. And I think we're getting um we've I've taken read, a step closer i think so i mean i think we're getting steps at least whitey magoos like us um comprehending it i've been reading a lot yeah i've been reading a lot of those kind of books too which is like this is what they fucking did Redlining i read an shit. idiot i read the uh the the idiot version of a book called stamped and when i say idiot version it's just written for fifth graders oh i read i read stamped stamped for kids or no, stamped for seen, adults. I've seen that there's a. I've seen that there's a kids one. I started with stamped for kids because my friend teaches you. fifth grade, and That's she's great. teaching that book. And I was like, let's start at the beginning. Yeah, I will read the teenager one next, and then I will read the adult <laughs> one, and then maybe I might read cast. Uh, then read so it, read it in like French. Then after that, and then I'll read it in French, and then I'll re- read it to the, as the audiobook. Yeah. Anyway, but it was. You know, it's just essentially. I just need to be reminded that we're all just a stock of meat with a brain on top and different sausage casings. Right. So, um, but yeah. So, but Family Ties had the hippie parents. Yeah, the whole premise of Family Ties, for those of you again who don't know, is it was it was in the Reagan era. Reagan was president, and the whole premise was hippie parents raising modern teenagers who don't correlate with their values. So Alex P. Keaton is a capitalist. Um, and, a ro- and a young Republican. And a young, he's in the Young Republicans Club, and he only got away with it because he's Michael J. Fox, who's just... Charm personified. I mean, charm personified. And Mallory, who's Justine Bateman, is um, an airhead, but again, done really well. Like, you, you kind of like her, even though she's kind of shallow and an airhead. And then... Right. It's all about the mall. It was very yeah, much... It was all, yeah. It was very 80s. Very, yeah. very 80s. And then Tina Yothers, who's the youngest, Jennifer, is just kind of a tomboy at first. And then... What does she r- turn into? I forget. She became... You mean in real life? She became like no. a rock star. Oh. Um, oh, I don't know that either. What What did her she, character turn into? And then what is that young woman doing now? <laughs> <laughs> she became, she was sort of more, um, she was sort of the combination. She was like um, smart, but not obsessed with money the way Alex was and, and okay. into, fa- into fashion and boys, but not as dumb as, but not dumb like Mallory. So she was sort of, and then they have, of oh. course, then they had their own little Oliver, which was, they had Andrew. Oh, right. And then they had um, the boyfriend of Mallory. Nick. Yeah. Really bad character. 
like really? kind of just an ant in the in the, the fly in the Chardonnay of right. I remember how handsome characters. he was. That's what uh, there was a time when Did you I think really like. There was a time when I really liked that scruffy like like a curly mullet. Dude. Yeah, That's I your like thing? the curly mullet. Mullet. It was a yeah, okay. It was a curly mullet. Yeah, and, a lot of I, um, muscle tees, as we called them. Oh, sleeveless t-shirts. Sure, sure. The uh, the yeah. sleeveless t-shirt guy. Where sometimes I always wondered why it was cut out. So like you were going to get a lot of side boobs. I hate that when I see that <laughs> on men. I fucking hate that. First of all, I don't want to see a man at a tank top, regardless. But I really don't want to see nipples. I don't. I don't want to see. Your, <laughs> Bones. What about no short shirt? Just go I'd no shirt. I'd probably rather see that than yeah. the tank top. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think so. Note to self, you guys. Hey, by the <laughs> way, I am talking with Danielle Koenig, who has a podcast that just came yes. out this very day, and it's yes. called Podcast How to Survive. Well, the show was called. <laughs> right, but that's the handle. The handle is Podcast How to Survive. Yes. The name of the podcast is? How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. And Christine is my friend, Christine Kimmel. Yep, who, and you have guests. Uh, is also a writer, and we have lots of guests. Yes, and that'll be super fun. Yeah, and and, um, and that is awesome. So, I would say this is that um, I liked Family Ties a lot just because of its mm-hmm. heart. Yes, and that it that it really did sort of touch on the politics of the day. Yes, and try to get to some humanity yeah. behind it. Yeah. By the end of it, I stopped watching it. You know, I stopped watching mm. almost everything. Okay. Uh, the 80s were a little blurry for me. I was mostly drinking and okay. trying to get laid. And gotcha. uh, I was much older than you. I was a little older than you. Mm-hmm. So um, there was, uh, I was on task. So the 80s, <laughs> uh, as I like to call it. Very, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember how much of a romantic I was in the 80s. Aww. I was on task. You were... That is not you were just counting numbers. I was just, yeah, I was just, uh, just notching a, yeah, just uh, doing shots and trying to get some work done. Anyway, um, <laughs> is that what we're calling it? Getting some work done. Uh, the but the weird thing is, is I forget how Michael, uh, how Alex P. Keaton's character ends up at the end of it. Um, because he's really in good college, question. right? Yeah, he goes to college. He goes to Leland College. Oh, I'm right. not sure if that's a real college or not, but um, but he does. Yeah. It's not like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where it all kind of goes south, and you're just like, why is she even in college? I don't remember how it ends. I I'm trying to remember if they did like a flash forward. They were big on flashbacks. They that was a show that like perfected the flashing back to episodes they'd previously done, and in fact, um, I'll never forget Justine Bateman hosted SNL. And she introduced the sketch by saying, sometimes we do flashback episodes because we get paid the same and we don't have to film anything. (laughs) And then they did this hilarious sketch where they just kept flashing back within flashbacks, (laughs) but they were doing family ties and Victoria Jackson was, was Jennifer and God, it was, she was herself. And I'm sure Dana Carvey was, yeah, Dana Carvey was Michael J. Fox and he was (laughs) It's a really good sketch. It's a really funny sketch. They just flash back with him, flashback with him. What band is Victoria Jackson in? No. <laughs> what? Victoria Jackson isn't in a band. Okay, wait. The woman who played... Tina Yothers, who played... Tina Yothers, that's right. Jennifer. What? Yes. I don't know. I don't know the name of it, and I don't know if it still exists. I know it was okay. like, the big she, deal was like, after Family Ties, she was in a she band. She decided to be in a band. Yeah, and she wore a lot of like eyeliner. That's okay. all I really remember. Well, who wouldn't if they had yeah. the good eyeballs to do it? Yeah. Um. Always curious, always curious, and and you know I'm always incredibly shy to ask about a band because that oh. is always going to be the 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 answer is like what? Yeah, no, I'm and, not very I'm not very music savvy either. But you know who Victoria Jackson is? You don't know who Victoria Jackson is? Not she offhand. Was on SNL. Okay. She had the high pitched voice. She was the blonde. Oh, always played dumb characters. Does she live in a Nashville? And she's a lunatic. She's a complete lunatic. Right, she's. Yeah. I met her in yeah. Nashville. Oh, you did? And yeah, because she came to Zany's when I was opening for Maria. Oh, and, was, was this uh, recently? Yeah, probably two years ago, two or three You're years kidding. ago. Yeah, and uh, she seems like she's a little bit of a, um, a tinfoil hat. I think she's, she's invested totally. in tinfoil fu- fu- yeah. futures. Okay, yeah. So, do she's like I'd, a Trumpy, wacko yeah. Christian, but but okay, sort so, of prejudiced 
Just mean and weird? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, we can leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, So, it won't be on the Dork Forest. Had one time had a person ask if they could come on and talk about uh, racism uh, for uh, the Dork Forest. And I was like, nope. Like, that's their fun hobby? That was their dorkdom, yeah. Is racism? Yeah. And I was like, not, not, I know you're kidding, but you're not kidding. What was the context? Like, what would the context have been? I'm pro-racism or I'm... Yeah, something like that. Like the historic, the the history of racism and why it is it? right or something, and I was like, we don't have to keep talking because I know that, that they was were this person someone pushing. you knew. Yeah, it was a comic, uh, not someone I knew well. Just I can't even remember the name of the guy, but it was shockingly a male comic. What? And then I know, and then shockingly a button pusher of a dickweed, yeah. and so was I was he a like, Wiggly comic too. Shouty Wiggly? Don't know. Don't know. I love, I love how you describe those comics as Wiggly comics. <laughs> Jimmy and I will sometimes reference that. It's like, oh, he's like a Wiggly comic? Is he? Is he? Like is Jackie he? says. I yeah. said Shouty and Wiggly to Brian Regan, and he said, I'm Shouty and Wiggly. Yeah. And I said, yes, but there's writing behind it. It's yeah, not no, just I mean, Shouting and Wiggly. Yeah, he's the exception, but mm-hmm. he's brilliant. But he, he is he Shouty is and Wiggly. Shouty and Wiggly. I mean, yes. He's yeah. very funny, though, and very smart. And it wasn't him. His dorkdom, the Brian Regan dork forest, if you want to, is line being nervous about, about what sort of things are happening in lines. He has line anxiety. He wants, you know how, like, yeah. there's, there's the, the one line. line at the yeah. bank? He yes. would like everything. Andy has the same thing, where uh, you pick the wrong line at the grocery store. Uh-huh. And Andy once called me from the grocery store <laughs> and said, I don't know how long I'll be. Because <laughs> he just kept getting in the wrong line. Yeah. And I was like, uh, that's and great. So anyway. Brian Regan's actual episode is mm-hmm. he's dorky it's about, about lines? about line anxiety. Okay. That's it's great. Pretty I'm amazing. Sure it's hysterical. It's a really wonderful episode. Quite I mean, honestly. he is. There's so many great episodes. One of the best. Your episode has been one of the best. We've gone over it now, just so you know. Uh Uh-oh. You'll have to come back and talk about Bosom Buddies, which is an amazing television program. I will. And we should have um, Christine on to talk about whatever the heck she wants to talk about. Because you have a new podcast called How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. And people should listen to it. Yes, I appreciate that. I really hope. I think they'll have fun and learn something. Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we. You. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?